0: Fun with Failure is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.
1: Hi, welcome to Fun with Failure, where we laugh with and at you about your flaws, fears, and failures. I'm your host, Dr. Alexis Carrero. Let's have some fun. My guest today is Davida Galloway. She's an artist, a public speaker, an influencer, costumer, and a doer of all things dope. She is the co-owner of Dup & Swat, a creative boutique and event space in Charlotte, North Carolina. She earned her master's in public health from UNC Charlotte and was a student at Parsons School of Design in New York City. Over the last few years, she started a number of initiatives related to entrepreneurship and social equity, including Team Black Girl Fly, a platform created to celebrate, highlight, and uplift black women, encouraging them to show up as their genuine selves in every area all the time. Hi, DeVita. Thanks so much for being here. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm very happy that you're here. I'm
0: happy that I'm here too. Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. We've as never I met have. before, but never. you sort of came up on my radar okay. in the last year a couple times. Right. One, I saw you as a judge, mm. pitch. Mm. Um, Sorry. C20. Yes, I saw uh, you as a judge at C20, and that's a pitch competition. Yes. So I led the pitch workshop for the class of uh, C20. Okay. And then I saw you on the stage with Chris <laughs> Elmore and someone, there, I think there were three of you. Yeah, it was three, yeah. And it was so, I was so happy to see them in such good hands. And not only because your outfit was spectacular, I was sparkly. It was, you were so sparkly. You were in sequence from head to toe. You shimmered on the stage. You basically created your own spotlight on the stage. That is great. That was my intent. Not playing completely. You nailed it. You walked out on stage and, like, I I don't use the word queen very often. But you walked Mm -hmm. out on stage and you sat down and you had such a presence. That I physically sat up oh, wow. in my seat and <laughs> thought to myself, baby girl, you can do better about oh. me. So you just had, Duh. you just carried yourself oh, in wow. such an like, incredible way. And I've seen you around other times as well. And I'm just like, I need to have her on the podcast. Oh, wow, well, Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you. So impressive. Yeah. So, so you were a judge, but so not only was your outfit great, mm-hmm. but your feedback was so phenomenal. Mm. You shared personal information. Mm. It was Mm. productive, uh, and it was really thoughtful. So I was just really impressed with what you were able to contribute to that Mm. event.
0: Thank you. That was a really, really, uh, I enjoyed that event, actually.
1: And they
0: were, the SHARE team and C20 team, they were very thoughtful in selecting the judges. And, you know, they told us we didn't have to show up as anyone else but ourselves. And I said, great, because I can do that. Yeah. You know? And so I just wanted to be myself, regardless of the arena, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm. And you did. You shared a personal story, and I just was really impressed because it's, you know, with, with the show, Fun with Failure, Flaws, Fears, and uh, Failures, there's elements of vulnerability in mm-hmm. all three of those things. Mm-hmm. And I was just really impressed that you were able to do that in front of a crowd of, you know, a thousand people right, right. in service of giving feedback yeah. to the people that were pitching. Sure, sure. Yeah. I thought that that was fantastic.
0: Becoming more comfortable in doing that and being that, you know? Yeah.
1: It, yeah. Takes, it takes work. It does. <laughs> And then the other uh, instance that brought me to you or that brought us here today Mm -hmm. was that I saw a quote of yours online from one of your events. You're a public speaker and you're a guest at a lot of events here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when I was like, okay... Okay. I I need to we need to do we need to do this. This is gonna happen. (laughs) So that's when I tweeted you and was like, Oh my god, please come on this show. Uh So instead of me reading the quote, the quote's at the bottom, would you mind reading your quote for us? Oh wow, yes. (laughs) Okay. And it says quote,
0: people hesitate to move or pursue something because the fear of failure. If you're if you're not failing, you aren't trying hard enough. You're not pushing the boundaries or trying to do something innovative. I'm all about failing. Fail as hard and as often as you can because that means you're doing the unthinkable. For me, failure is definitely means for me, failure definitely means you're on the right track. In that moment, you may feel disappointed, but you learn so much through that process and that is valuable information you can take on with you for the next endeavor.
1: I started the podcast. And one of the reasons is because I'm a recovering perfectionist, you know, it's taken me until my mid forties to sort of figure out that like, that isn't serving me. That is really in the way. It's disservice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the quote is fantastic. I think, I mean, you know, I need to hear it. Other people need to hear it. And I love that that's one of the messages that you're out there sharing with people. So what is your definition of failure? (sighs)
0: Wow, come on, good question. Just started from the I was <laughs> like, maybe
1: I should have read over
0: these questions beforehand. <laughs> Definition of failure. Failure to me is another opportunity. It's another opportunity to succeed. Um, it's another chance, whether it be it your third chance, your fourth chance, your fifty-fifth, you know. Um, it's uh it's a uh, it's a teacher, it's an educator. Failure is. Uh it doesn't have to be your, um, the end result, it, 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 it oftentimes can be a launching pad to what's next, give you another perspective because what you experienced in this so-called failure. Um, and in that way, it can be seen as a blessing. Did
1: 10-year-old Davida feel this way about failure? Or is this something that you figured out
0: over time? Mm. Definitely something I figured out over time. Ten-year-old Devita. Yeah, what was she? Was like? going through some things, girl. She was going through. <laughs> she was going through some things, girl. Uh, so I'm the middle child. I have an older sister, and you
1: too. Me too. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Uh, my brother Dion. He's Dub, who is who. You know, we have this business together. Um. My childhood, my familiar structure, family structure, was beautiful in the sense that you know I had both of my parents growing up, and we were comfortable. You know, they had great jobs, so we were we were very comfortable. But it was just things that I was battling with internally um, and socially, like school, getting picked on because like from the jump, I just didn't look like everyone, mm. um, particularly in the way that I dressed. Like I have, I've always been just. A little colorful, well, a lot colorful, you know. Yeah, and um, so that's always come out. In oh, your that's always been a thing. Always been a thing. And you know, I was picked on based on my physical features as well. Like, I was the kid who had to wear glasses since I, I feel like I came out of the womb.
1: <laughs> you know. By the way, your glasses right now are so cool. <laughs> okay, thank I've been you. At them. Thank yep. you.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, mind you, I stalked these for months, and then when they hit that sale point, I was like, <laughs> "Thank you, I need them now." Okay, <laughs> come and get that, it. Uh, it was mine. Um, and then my lips, like so many. things. Things, my physical features, like I was always teased about my lips Mm. because these are just full lips, you know? And and so it was that. It was being diagnosed with Crohn's Mm. um, at an early age. I was diagnosed at eight, though I started having trouble at seven. Like, so for an entire year, like, I wasn't in the best shape, you know? And then at 10, I don't know if you chose that age on purpose, but actually at the age of 10, uh I was molested by an older cousin. I was yeah. ten, and he was twenty one so it was like ten year old David was going through some shit, you yeah. know you know she's going through some serious yeah yeah, it was going through a lot um and it was because of uh, art and creative expression that I was able to overcome so um what was the what was the question
1: yeah, so thinking. <laughs> Well, for, I mean, first of all, sharing that, I think that's so important. It's something that happens to, I think, more yeah. people than we know and talking yeah, about sure. it makes it seem less scary. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. it's also by sharing it and admitting it, it's like it's not yours. You didn't do anything. Right? Not at all. Yeah.
0: It's just my a part of my experience. You right. Know? Yeah. I don't mind sharing it. I, well, I've gotten to the point where I don't mind sharing it. Um, now, so it, it, could, it, it causes... Um, uh discomfort for some people in my family. But then of again, course. it's not, It's I don't do it for them. You know, I do it for me at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that 10-year-old, I always think 10 is just such a interesting age, right? You're sort of on the cusp of so many things. I just always ask about 10-year-olds because oh, it's, okay. you're still a kid, but you're kind of looking towards being a teenager, but you're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I was ready to... uh <laughs> grow up already, be an adult already. And now when you become an adult and you start adulting, you're like, wait, why did I want
1: to? I know. I feel the what same happened? way about naps. Why did I fight naps <laughs> Oh, napping? my gosh.
0: How critical are naps? Okay. <laughs> They're <now>. the best.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. If, they, yeah. If, uh, if there were an Olympic sport in napping, I would medal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. First. Okay. You're yeah. First. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think <laughs> I would go for gold. But right, right, right. I'm not too sure. Okay. All right. So when did you embrace this? Idea of about, Well, yeah, the, the failure itself. Like, so what was the process for you? Because I'm, I'm in the process of it now and, yeah. you know, having yeah. conversations about yeah. it and really promoting it and thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, the whole, my whole life was wrong because mm-hmm. failure is actually a great thing. So um, what was the process for you? So
0: I'm thinking about the course of my life and all the things that have happened, that has happened. Um, and, okay, so again, with my childhood, Um, it's like my family, they knew what, they had an idea of what my life should look like. And even going to school at UNC Charlotte, uh, achieving and receiving my bachelor's and my master's, um, I did it for them. And it got to a point where I was like, I'm tired and I just want to live my life. And from that moment on, I decided that failure or not, at least I was going to give my life a try. So I would say it finally dawned on me when, when, how old was I? I'm at the age of 26, actually. It was 26 when I just decided to take the chance and do, do the thing that I've always wanted to do, re- regardless if I so-called failed, because then I would have, at least I've given myself a try. And at what, least I said yes to myself.
1: What was the thing you wanted to do? Uh,
0: so at that time, uh, it was uh, attending Parsons. It was pursuing my love for fashion, you mentioned project runway earlier. Yeah. And so while I was going uh, to UNC Charlotte receiving uh- uh, in the master's program in public health, I was working on campus at the uh, Urban Institute, and during this time, it was like the first couple of seasons of Project Runway. And each time it came on, like I literally lit up. Yeah. Like that is where I needed to be. Okay, I needed to be in the room with Tim Gunn. Okay, and <laughs> Heidi Klum, and all the you things. wanted to make it. Work I need. Moment. I needed to make it work. Okay, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. I would make it work if I were there. And I just decided that I'm just going to apply to go to school at Parsons. I'm just going to apply because up until that point, I was literally crying myself to sleep every night just being unhappy. And I was like, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. And if they say yes to me, then I know that that's just where I needed to be. At least that was my first step of taking a chance. And so I remember getting the envelope in the mail, and all I read was congratulations before I just hit the floor crying. Mm, And that... That gave me permission that that was the the yes that I needed, the permission granted to do you, to do me, you know. And so, yeah, it was that moment. And I went to school, and all was well until it wasn't. <laughs> and I say that because Parsons, it was it's a beautiful school, but it's still school, you know, and though I'm surrounded by creatives, teachers, educators, they still wanted to know. Why did you choose this fabric? Why did you render it this way? Why, why, why? And for me at that moment, yeah, one, yes, tired of school. But two, I just wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And the way that I create, it's based on a lot of emotion and how I feel. And so why did I choose this fabric? Because I wanted to. Because the color <laughs> makes me happy. Because this fabric, this printed fabric right here, this printed chiffon, told me that it wanted to be a skirt. And so I made it a skirt. Teacher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really that simple. And, of course, being in such, in such an environment, that answer isn't uh, acceptable. So it just got to a point where I was like, this isn't fun anymore. It, it's work. It's work. Work and I just didn't like the way it was beginning to feel. So,
1: well, so a couple of things I love that idea of I'm gonna go ahead and apply, and even if they say no, I'm still gonna try. I'm gonna try that to me is fun with failure yeah. because it's about the process. It's mm-hmm. I'm gonna swing big, and because I'm gonna regret not doing it, absolutely. And, and I- yeah, and then also having gotten in right, sometimes we need permission, sometimes we need external permission, yeah. Yeah. And whether it's from a school or a boss or a parent or mm-hmm. another person. Mm-hmm. And then what it sounds like happened was that while you were in school, that you gave yourself permission. You know Mm -hmm. what? I don't need to be at Parsons to create. I don't Mm -hmm. need to be at Parsons to consider myself Mm -hmm. an artist. I'm Mm -hmm. still going to be and do who I am, and I don't need this external thing to make it happen. Yeah, it dawned
0: on me. So growing up, I didn't necessarily get that permission from my parents. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to apply to Parsons. And if they say yes, then that's the permission, then that's the... Then that's the okay, the approval that Davita. Yes, you can do this. But even in that environment, I realized that yes, that what you just said was correct. That eh, I have this all along. I don't really need to be here. This isn't access granted. Like this isn't. I'm not learning really any new information because all of this I already have within me.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, the Wizard of Oz, like the ruby red slippers. Yeah, right, like you were you were wearing those shiny already, shoes the whole already, time. Already,
0: already, it just being in that em- environment allowed me to uncover it, and I was able to see it for myself. Then, so you mm-hmm.
1: were at Parsons studying fashion design.
0: Fashion design, yes.
1: So um, I saw you have a quote on your website: "As an artist, fabric is my medium of mm-hmm. choice." Mm-hmm. Why fabric? Fabric. Um, one,
0: because we have to wear a wardrobe every day. We are dressed every day. And I can just say so much with, we can just say so much with what we have on. Um, it tells a lot about us and who we are without actually having to speak. It's it's our words, in a sense. You know, it's our introduction to, uh, to rooms, to people.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, a way to communicate. It's a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me, thinking about, you know, you younger and not having the permission that you wanted and struggling to sort of fit in, which I think, you know, everyone it's part of what at it means point. to be a child sure, right? you just sure. have to figure out figure who, it out figure it who out who am i <laughs> yeah but what's yeah. what's interesting to me is you know looking at you and seeing you and sort of and having you know followed you on social media and seeing you around town before i can't imagine you being anyone else other than who you are <laughs> oh
0: thank you It has taken some work to get here but i'm finally okay with with davida yeah. I'm finally okay with all the things and shit that she carries. All of it is fine and well because all of those experiences have chiseled away and created this being. So I'm fine.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it seems, and there's, I think in our society, we crave authenticity so much. Sure. As, sure you sure. know, and right now everything seems fake and we have an Instagram filter on everything. Oh my gosh. On everything. <laughs> on everything. I, yeah. I follow JLo on mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, And she she put a picture up and like she used the filter where her eyes were really big. And I just thought, sweetie, (laughs) why? like Why, girl, why? Why, girl? Like you're already (laughs) you're there. You made it. Right. You don't need anything. Right. Right. Um, So but I think when you do show up as your authentic self and when the and the more that people do it it's then we sort of shine a light for other people like, oh, I could do, do it so. too. Yeah. And, you, and then like just by being your authentic self, mm-hmm. it like gives the people around you permission Absolutely. to, to do, then do that for themselves. themselves.
0: Right. Yeah. Which That's I correct. think is
1: so important mm-hmm. and for us mm-hmm. to kind of keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just keep it real.
0: Like, why do we feel like we have to um, throw filters on everything for lack of a better word? Like, why do we have to do that? Like, why can't we show up as our genuine selves and be okay with that and be accepted and be respected because right. of
1: that? You've been described, speaking of Instagram, sure, as an influencer. Mm-hmm. So, And that term can be a bit polarizing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because some people associate it with, like, an influencer getting paid to shill products online. Right. you like, Khloe Kardashian selling right. diet tea and getting, <laughs> right. like, a million dollars. So what does it mean to you? to be an influencer?
0: Yeah. Um, So there are a variety of influencers. Some bloggers are influencers. Uh, Celebrities are, in fact, influencers. For me, um, I just influence social change. Um, I'm just ground grassroots, ground level kind of hitter. Definitely not so much of a talker, Um, (laughs) As we're talking, (laughs) I know I'm just saying, you know, that I I am results oriented. You know, I want to just make sure the thing happens and uh, make impact. That's where that's where I can influence in the impact and making sure that change happens for the better, for the greater good, for the community.
1: So. I'm assuming that that's also one of the reasons why you wanted to start Team Black Girl Fly. Team Black Girl Fly. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so again, it's a listed as or described as a platform created to celebrate, highlight, and uplift black women, encouraging them to show up as their genuine selves in every yeah. area all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were just talking about that in terms of authenticity. And when yeah. you're authentic, just be who you are and show up as who you are. And I think that, like that last line, as their genuine selves mm-hmm. in every area all the time is that line is so important. So mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, like <laughs> why you included that in your tagline and why yeah. you think. And again, it's team Black Girl Fly. Mm-hmm. So why is that so important oh, for Black gosh. women? Oh my gosh. Ooh, how much time do we have? We're going there. We're We're going there. Okay.
0: (laughs) We're doing this. We're doing the thing. We're doing the thing. Oh, my gosh. We just have to deal with so much. (sighs) And I say that because even professionally...
1: And by the way, I asked you that because I, I, like, I feel like I know the answer, but I want you to – I'm not like uh, – And, those, I'm, like, a, and I'm, a, I'm a member, okay? Yeah, you see this I, I want to yeah. have, this, con- have yeah. this conversation because I just think it's so important and what yeah. you're doing is so important. Thank you. Yes.
0: Um, we just need – we needed a platform to celebrate and highlight ourselves. Um, like I said, we just deal with so much, um, so much being – even professionally, when we're in certain rooms, we feel like we have to code switch – Meaning um, we have to show up as someone other than ourselves or we have to show up in a in a matter that that we feel will give us more respect or will make us seem more digestible.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And so for me, I just it's important for everyone Black, white, brown to show up as your genuine self, so we can just have true conversation and therefore make true impact and true change. Like I can't show up as anyone other than Davita and you, and um, reach this particular goal, right? So, even with our hair, it's like I said, it's so many things. When we Mm -hmm. when we wake up in the morning. A lot of us have to determine are we going to wear our natural hair or not because of the criticisms that we may get at the tables in these rooms, um, because of the stares that we get. Um, And for me, even showing up as my colorful self in a lot of these rooms, automatically I know that I'm going to get stared at and people are going to say certain things. Um, And so I've been able to build tough skin because of it. But a lot of women, they aren't where I'm at just yet and so this is just a platform to say wherever you are sis just come come as you are come as you are and we celebrate you and we highlight you regardless and you don't have to be anyone else you don't have to be anyone other than yourself you still are worthy and deserving of respect as is as is and the thing is who decided the culture who decided that suits were acceptable or the norm, you
1: know? Right, or that natural hair doesn't belong in a boardroom. Or board, that natural hair room. doesn't
0: belong in the boardroom. Like, I, I have these conversations. Like, it doesn't matter what I look like, what I'm wearing. That, that has nothing to do with my capabilities and what I'm here to do, you know? Yeah. And so it, it's just, it's in that area. It's in that arena that uh, Team Black Girl Fly was um, was created um, it's a reminder that we are fly. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it's a it's a it's a statement. It's letting them know that uh they're they're fly and they're fresh and they're capable and they're worthy and they're respectful, they're deserving of respect, they're they're beautiful as is in their black skin, in their brown skin.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, why are you looking at me like that? Because I'm just
0: like, did I say the thing that I needed to say? Because I just really want to drive that point home. I can't tell you the number of conversations that I have with my black friends, with my black girlfriends, you know, the things that they have to experience at work, you know?
1: Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge that I don't know, right? Because I'm white and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. And I would imagine that it's exhausting it's so exhausting and infuriating and frustrating and demoralizing and And
0: stressful and um
1: unnecessary yeah it's 2019 it does seem unnecessary yeah yeah, but it's not
0: that show up that people can't or feel like they can't show up as their genuine selves like, they have to put on a front. They have to put on this cloak, this golden cloak, to then be heard and or, and, or even seen.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, not even taken seriously, mm-hmm. but even just taken at face value, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. if I have a reason to be here just like mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have to prove anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have mm-hmm. to do everything twice as good mm-hmm. oh just my God. to be though taken feel, seriously. Though we feel like we have to we have to do that, and
0: and... Some of us feel like, or yeah, some of us feel like we, we can't fail. We right. can't feel like once we're given an opportunity, we have to show up and go twice as hard to even be seen, be heard, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, and as soon as we fail, it's, oh, I thought so. Oh, right. what, what did we expect from her? We, 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 we should have known this was going to happen, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's with, um, you know, we were talking before the show started about The the idea of fun with failure and, you know, I've given a lot of thought to the idea that not everyone gets to fail. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And not not
1: everyone gets to fail repeatedly Mm -hmm. and not everyone gets even a, you know, their foot in the door to be offered the opportunity to fail. So, and that's the thing. Once your foot is in the door,
0: it's so much pressure to not fail because we feel like all we have is this one chance, is one opportunity. And as soon as we fail, it's blown.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I taught college for a number of years yeah. and I taught media studies classes and pop, uh, pop culture class. Yeah. And I, uh, the pop culture class looked at like POP power, oppression, and privilege mm-hmm. and how power, oppression, and privilege are reproduced and consumed in the pop culture that we consume. Sure. And so we talked to, I talked to a lot of the students about the burden of representation, mm. right? Because mm. if you're the one in the room, And then everyone thinks, oh, well, if this person made a mistake, then I guess black women shouldn't be, you know, in the boardroom. It's like you have one person.
0: Like I represent all of us. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's a
0: burden to put on people. Absolutely. And I don't want to be considered a token or the representative for all black women.
1: Yeah. Can you I mean, I just think like I've never thought about that as a white what I mean like yeah mm. I might be the, the only woman I worked in production for a while so there were I was at production meetings where I was the only white woman or the only yeah. woman yeah but it's just it's so different and yeah. it's so much harder yeah. and so I think that I think that what you're doing with um this is is great and it's really important
0: thank you it's, yeah it's needed
1: on that note, I'm going to pause. We're going to we're going to kick it over to our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to lighten it up a little bit and lighten talk more about <laughs> flaws, fears, and failures. Stay tuned.
2: Soreness and pain isn't always the result of activity. This is a 60 second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Prolonged sitting in a car or at your job aggravates muscles and joints and can cause pain. A standing desk can help. The key to alleviating the discomfort that sitting can cause is changing positions more frequently during the day. Alternating between sitting and standing at your desk, in addition to taking walk breaks and stretching, can work to loosen those tight muscles and joints. The perfect standing desk should be high enough so your computer keyboard is at elbow level and your monitor at face level to avoid neck strain. Before you start standing at your desk, Take into consideration any knee or foot injuries, and wear flat, comfortable shoes. This has been your 60-second wellness tip, powered by Ortho Carolina, Official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit OrthoCarolina.com. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag internationalpodcastday to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts.
1: So in what ways has failure led you to where you are today? You talked a little bit about Parsons and school. And education and sort of needing that external permission. But what are some endeavors that you've done or things that you've done that maybe you've failed at, but that failure has helped you grow and learn and then helped you make the decisions that you're making today? Mm
0: -hmm. So, one of my biggest failures that
1: I'm most proud of. Love it. (laughs) Tell me, please. (laughs) It was getting arrested. All right. Yeah. So what happened, was, what happened there? So
0: while in New York, uh, so once I dropped out of Parsons because I had I had it with the school. <laughs> um, I was working at anthropology all the time, every time, over time. And, of course, living in New York is extremely expensive. And oh I was God, living bonkers. by myself. And it was at the point where I didn't feel comfortable calling home for help. Um, Because I didn't want to hear the conversation. Oh, we told you. We told you what you could be doing, should be doing. If you come back and work this job that you had, you know, it was, I just didn't want to hear it. I just didn't want to hear. I didn't want to be viewed as failing in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I want to make my parents happy or so I thought, you know, at the time. Right. And so I had to take matters into my own hands. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, And so for me. It was like, okay, so what am I going to do? So I started taking advantage of my responsibilities, of my access as a manager. Got it. And basically started stealing money from the store. Yeah. Okay. And um, first time I did it was uh, $500 right from the safe. And I did it on a day that they fired someone. So, of course, they just assumed it was this this disgruntled, disgruntled employee. No one ever approached me about anything. And um, I was like, "Oh, okay. So, is this easy?" And so it was just—it it, just—it was—it made it easier for me to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over a period of nine months, because that's how long I did that, um, I ended up taking quite a bit of money, quite a bit of money. Now, understand that during this period, of course, I have a conscience. I was sick. I was making myself sick doing this. But during this time. Um. Not only was I taking the money, but I was giving it, I was sending it home to family mm-hmm. so they would know that I was okay or feel that everything was fine with me in New York. I was paying their bills. I was sending them gifts. So the conversation was, oh, yes, Davida's doing fine. You know, look what she's able to provide for us now, yeah. you know? Um. So it, I made them happy. You know, I was making them happy.
1: Can you lift up the microphone? And like... all
0: of that came crashing down, uh, one night. And it was my biggest failure in that I was arrested. I was in a precinct in New York, um, overnight. And, um, how did you get caught? Uh, LP loss prevention. Uh, he came in six months while, while I had been doing this for six months. And, um, Six months he comes in. His name is Fatah. And
1: um Shout out to Fatah. Shout out to Fatah, okay.
0: <laughs> hey okay. Fatah. What's all up? right. Thank you for coming into my life and I making see this you. happen. Okay. I see you, because, Fatah. because had it not been for you, okay, had it not been for yep. you. Um and so, you know, we developed a relationship. We were catching other thieves together because at this particular location of anthropology, we were getting hit all the time. Because I mean it was a, it's a popular store, and so we we were just where we were. We were just getting hit often, and so yeah, um, we were working together. And uh, while he was there, of course, they started putting up surveillance, like all the things to build their case around me. And but I will tell you that. Uh, one day while at work, um, he was like, DeVita, uh, let's go have lunch. Let's let's go talk. And I said, sure, okay. So we go to the salad place around the corner, I remember, and we're sitting about this distance, you know, away from each other. And he's like, he just jumps right in. Um, uh, I know you're an apparel manager, and things are off with the numbers. What's wrong? Like, what's going on? Can you tell me what's going on with the numbers? And I look him squarely in his in his eyes, and I'm like, I don't know. But as soon as I find out what's wrong with these numbers and what's going on, I'll let you know. And I felt like at that time he was giving me an out, Yeah. you know, he was giving, at least allowing me to have the conversation and see what can be done about it, you know? Sure. Um, but I did not take it. I didn't take, I didn't take the hand. I didn't take it. And, um, I just kept going and they start. they continued with their case, um, It all came crashing down. Like I was saying, like one night I had this dream and it was literally all revealed to me in this dream, how things would work out. And I call it a gift. Like for me, that was a gift. A lot of people look at me crazy when I mention that, but literally I saw everything unfold before me in this dream. And so the next morning, yeah, what did you see in the next morning? I was supposed to be at work at seven o'clock to open. I don't think I awoke till about maybe nine. And I called in and I was like, clearly I'm late, but I'm coming. And once I hung up, it was like, David, are you really going into work? Because you know what's about to happen. Like, so you can either go into work and face this or you can run. But then I was like, I can only run. But so far, like, where am I going? Right. What am I going to do? Yeah,
1: I'll use my million dollars to hop on a private plane. what am I going
0: to do? Right. And so I was just like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just face it. Let's just get it over with because at this point I was tired. It was daunting. It was draining. It was literally making me sick because I'm not that person. I'm not that girl. Yeah. You know, so a sense felt failing, failing myself during this process, right? Failing who I am, who I was at during this process. So I go in and as soon, literally, (laughs) as soon as I walk in the door, he's like, Davida, we need to talk. I'm like, I know. So I, we go down into this art, to the art room. And in there, there's the regional manager, the district manager, and Fatah. And we're just in there. And he's like, "Davida, you know who I am. You know what I do. And I literally just cut him off, and I just purge everything. I mm. say all the things because I was tired. And it just felt so good to release yeah. all of that. And... um cop he called the, he stepped out called the cops because that's what I know happens being in these situations with him before and so you know literally moments later police come and I'm escorted out and I'm in in the precinct surrounded by women who look like they should be here I should not okay why am I here help mayday Dad, get me out of here right now it was one of those things you know and I'm not built for this, okay? I'm yeah. not built for this. Failing. Failing myself. Failing who I am. All the things. Um.
1: Do you, do you rem- remember on Sesame Street, it was like, one of these things is not like the other. other. <laughs> That's I, yeah. just what it reminded me of. Yes.
0: Oh, so, you know, able to make a call. I made a call. Hey, um, mother, father. They didn't answer the phone or they didn't have access to collect calls or something. Um, my, I called my brother-in-law. Uh, he answered coincidentally because usually he would be asleep by this time. And all I could really say was, Sean, I'm in trouble. I'm arrested. I need help. I'm in Uptown Manhattan. That's all I know. And I was I hung up. Um the next morning I called my mom's I called my mom. And when I tell you everyone was at her house, like all of my family, like yeah. working and ma- and like they just had the plan in motion. Like they were just doing the things that needed to be done. Like they were active and my sister got on the phone. She was like Davita You have an attorney. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't say anything until your attorney arrives. And so, wow, your family had you had my back. And had had I known that from the beginning, I probably should (laughs) have just called them and asked for help. I probably should have just called them and asked for help months ago. Maybe their pride, ego, all the things were in the way. Maybe (laughs) Maybe they used all the money that you sent to like get (laughs) you a lawyer. Right, 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 (laughs) right, right. And so, having experienced all of that. Uh, being back in Winston, because literally the next day when I got out, my mom was there. She packed up my entire apartment for me while I just sat in a maze, in like in the middle of the floor, like uh, trying to figure out what was happening around me. She did all the work. She did all the work, and she pushed me on the plane, and I landed back in Winston, completely depressed. So for me, that was the lowest point of my life. You know, I was in New York doing all the things, having a good yeah. time, spending money, like blowing money living the life and here I am back in the house that I grew up in back in the room that I like I was literally in the same bed and I was there for months for me that was failure I failed myself I failed my family I failed my future self or so I thought because I had this mark on my record now like I was facing a D felony yeah um but I ended up walking away with a misdemeanor so for me that that was failure until it wasn't you know yeah. Until it wasn't. And I realized that it wasn't when I decided to then just take matters into my own hands and get back to my true self. Even in the, the attorney, when we met face to face for the first time uh, in the precinct, he asked me, Devita, why would you do this? You don't have any priors. You're a good girl. You have your masters. What made you do this? And I told him I lost myself. Mm. I felt like I couldn't call on anyone. I had to do it for myself, and I just got lost trying to make things work and not asking for help. I I failed myself is what I told him. He was like, I believe you. I'm going to get you out. And that's what he did. And so, again, for me, I realized that it wasn't failure. It was just a lesson. One day um, in bed I started uh, doodling. And just, you know, expressing myself in that in that way. And doodles became paragraphs, became a book, became me reaching out to other artists and creatives and um, creating photo shoots, became creating this business with my brother because he gave me uh, the yes that I needed to hear to finally pursue what makes me happy, what gives me life, what provides joy for me. Um and I credit him all the time in, uh, in what we do because the yes that he gave me, the partnership that he gave me, the yes, the platform is currently the platform, the yes, we give other creatives today. So it's in that same spirit. Yeah, you know? so
1: tell me, you're talking about Dup and Swat now. And so Sway. tell tell me more about Dup and Swat. Yeah. What is it? Ex- explain it. Describe it. What is it you do? What is it you offer?
0: Yeah, um, so Dup and Swat is a creative studio, like you explained in the bio. It um, uh, was created in 2010. So come on, we're going on 10 years, okay? Nice. 10 whole years. <laughs> nice. Um, and Dup and Swat, it's our nicknames. He's Dup and I'm Swat. Uh, And that, again, was a gift because we were going back and forth about the name. But every name we wanted was either trademarked or something. We we just couldn't get it approved. And so, again, we wanted to uh, have a name that was truly representative of us. Mm -hmm. So it just made sense that it was Dup and Swat. Um, So what do we do? Uh, We opened in NODA in 2010, and uh, we house retail from local designers, whether it's wholesale or thrifted or whether they created themselves. Uh, all of the art on our walls are from local artists, a variety of artists. And then people utilize our venue for a variety of events. So we're talking theater rehearsals, open mics, poetry, um, parties. The other day we had a finance workshop. We have yoga. We have meditation. Um, we have brunches. We have all the things. It's literally whatever the community wants, whatever they need. And so that that's the spirit. Dubbin Swat is the thing that I needed mm. when I was younger. That's what we've been able to create.
1: Isn't it the best feeling in the world when you can create something that you needed yeah. and then provide it for, for other people? Because I know that they,
0: art is, is my, uh, uh, uh life jacket, you know?
1: Yeah. Tell me uh, why? Why?
0: Oh, my gosh. It has, because it has literally saved my life in, a, in numerous ways. Even as a young child and, and experiencing all of those horrors and disappointments, it was always there to have my back. It was what I could, could completely invest in. It, it, it's what I could hide in for the moment. It was shelter. It was safety for me. And mm-hmm. so I know that it, it, if it's that for me, it's that for others. It's definitely a part of my survival kit for sure.
1: Yeah, so what does it mean to you to be able to provide that for other people? Oh, my God, it feels so good. Um,
0: uh, it's It's that. It's a sigh of relief, you know? It's a sigh of relief because I know that in my own way, we're saving lives. We're giving voice to those whose voices are oftentimes muffled or silenced because they aren't allowed platform, they aren't allowed opportunity. They're constantly told no because of what they look like. Again, this is a space where we are, where we, where we are accepting of um, everyone, regardless of what they look like. They can come in this space and not have to code switch. They can come in this space as they are and be their genuine, transparent self. Yeah. Where we highlight them and showcase them as is. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a
1: safe space mm. for everyone. Yeah, there's something really magical about inviting people in just as they are. As just as is. I'm not expecting
0: anything from you. Just that you that you're you. Yeah. That's
1: it. Side note. Yes. That's great to hear cuz I was really nervous about what to wear today. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually tweeted no. you. The fun with failure tweeted you like Is it weird that I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to wear? And is it weird that Uh, I'm going to dress up for you a little bit? Because (laughs) Totally not weird.
0: (laughs) Totally not weird.
1: But yeah, okay, so good. So I can just go back to like jeans and a t-shirt. Do you. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, no pressure over here, okay?
0: (laughs) No pressure.
1: What are you afraid of? Mm.
0: Failure to me um, is having regrets. It's not being able to look at myself in the mirror and appreciate and love my reflection um if i can't do that every night then she's not okay davida's not okay mm. um that's what i'm afraid of so i just live my life knowing or um, doing the things that make me happy doing the things that i'm passionate about no matter how hard that may be how hard it is because of what others may say about the thing that i'm doing you know uh, but knowing that i'm moving forward. Um, with my best interest. Yeah.
1: So what advice do you have for people that are listening or young women coming up who are thinking to themselves, you know what? I want to love the reflection that I see at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but I don't yet. Like, what do you recommend? How, I,
0: how do you do it? Do You have to do the work. You have to do the work. You have to ask yourself those hard, difficult questions, no matter how daunting <laughs> it is no matter how scary it is
1: like what what are some of the questions i'd have to ask what do you want
0: and how are you going to get there and what's in the way of you getting there whose feelings do you have to hurt what relationship do you need to cut off in order to to make this thing happen
1: what do you have to sacrifice what
0: do you have to sacrifice what do you have to give up but in turn what are you going to gain you just yeah. have to, you just have to do it. Like do the work and it's not easy. It's not oh my easy. God. I know I'm tired all you the know? time. Yeah. It's not easy, <laughs> but you have to constantly assess these situations and, and where you are, you know, ultimately if the, if that's what you want to be, if, if your goal is X, then how are you going to get there? And no matter the blunders and all the things that happening along the way, that's, that's the normal process. You know, when you think you have fallen or have failed, take the lesson, take the nugget, move on to the next step. Yeah. Take the lesson.
1: To me also, it's about resiliency. Yeah. Right. So with being a perfectionist or being a recovering perfectionist, the idea of failing at something, it's like it would break me. I would just shut down. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy, right? That's not really, you have to be able to adapt. So Mm -hmm. I think embracing failure and having fun with failure and re- finding real value and a sense of purpose by going after a big no mm-hmm. instead of an easy yes. yes. Those are the things. And then, you know, so oh, great. You don't get the big no or you do get a big no. Mm-hmm. So then you go back and then you figure out and then you eventually get a yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that makes you more resilient because you just
0: keep going. Trying. And, and I think for us, us Dup and Swat, we are uh, so resilient. Oh, my God, I can't tell you all the no's. <laughs> and I think that's why, no, that is why Dup and Swat was created, because we we had to say yes to ourselves because we were getting so many no's. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and it's in that fashion that here we are. Like, I, I often tell people I'm not concerned Really, really, really. I'm not concerned about anyone's no, because I will find a way. We will find a way to get the thing done. It may not be in the manner in which we thought it would happen initially, but one way or another, by any means necessary, the thing will take place. The thing will happen. It will get done.
1: That's awesome. Well, that's also why you've been around for 10 years. Yeah,
0: that's also why we've been around
1: for 10 years. Where can people find out more information about DUP and SWAT?
0: Oh, we're all on the gram. Listen, the gram, Dup and Swat, and that's D-U-P-P-A-N-D-S-W-A-T. You can go to our website, DupandSwat.com. Feel free to stalk us, reach out to us. We are located at Camp North End, 1824 Statesville Avenue, Suite 105, here in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just around. So what about you? By. Where can they follow you? I can be followed. Uh, let's see on Instagram, the Davita Galloway, because <laughs> I'm so pompous. No, not even. I just
1: the, the... I love it. That's fine. We had Chris Elmore right. on. He's the Chris
0: Elmore. <laughs> right, right. You can do it Chris too. Is so funny, by the way. Oh he my is gosh. funny. Um, He's great. The Davita Galloway on Instagram. That's also my website com. Uh and you can also just bump into me in all the functions around Charlotte. And, and so here's the thing. When people they I what I often hear is that I come across as being a little unapproachable. Do you think so? I don't <laughs> I, know. I, 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 I think, I guess because I I have this look on my face or, or something, I can't control the resting bitch face that I have. So, you
1: know. I just think you look cool (laughs) and it probably Uh, intimidates uh, people. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think you come Uh, off as like unapproachable. Oh, okay. You're just like, damn, it's like, she's cool. (laughs) Is she going to want to talk to me? Oh, I'm just like, no, what do you
0: mean? I, I want to talk to people, but... I'm just, you know, just raising that. I'm not saying that because, yes, if you do see me out and about, please feel free to talk. There you go. See, you just gave them permission.
1: Right, yeah. That's great. Well, thank (laughs) you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. You can follow us on Twitter at FunFailPodcast. You can email us, fun at funwithfailure.com. And if you would and are so inclined, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, go have some fun.